Hello and welcome to the brand new Wicked Grumpy Queer podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ray McEwen. And this is Kendall McEwen. And we're going to discuss what on earth is going on in Chico. What are your thoughts, Kendall? Well, we have a lot of things going on. Um, which kind of things in particular were you thinking about? Um, well, let's start with uh, Nicole Nava's um, interesting speech at the school board meeting, saying that everyone who disagrees with her has a cold black heart. What do you think about that? Well, the only cold black hearts that I can see are the people yelling at um, the other people on the other side of that. Yeah, the other thing that I found interesting about that particular speech is she took it upon herself to um, lambast council member Addison Winslow for basically doing his job by speaking his piece and representing the people of District 4. Um, Why that was at a school board meeting, (laughs) I don't understand. Um, What are your thoughts? I think the only reason that she brought him up is because she's trying to quote-unquote prove a point by saying that people like Addison Winslow are these uh, extremists or social extremists. They want to uh, brainwash the masses to to be something. Um, it's very, it reminds me very much of the uh, conspiracy theories that are drowning the internet these days. Yeah, I think it's pretty myopic of them to believe that their interesting stances on things are like the correct stance. Um, I think that they're really making any kind of public discourse on actual political issues kind of impossible because like when you have a choice between ridiculousness, nonsense, and like actual sense, things are not actually getting discussed. Uh, What do you think about the intense sort of decorum that is being enforced at these city council meetings? Well, I wasn't there, so I can't um, exactly vouch for anybody, but um, from what I gathered from just watching the video online, it didn't seem like anybody was really out of order. Um, from the uh, the perspective of the viewer from the video, it was very quiet when someone was speaking. Um, and everyone seemed to abide by the rules. Um, I don't know what was going on in the audience, um, but while speaking, I did notice that there was clapping done with the fingers to the, the bottom of the, the palms next to the wrist to make just a light even like lighter golf clap. So I think just because someone gets their feelings hurt in the audience, it doesn't need to be brought up in a political situation to actually change any rules. I do agree, but I I also, there was a, a pretty big disturbance in the audience at the council meeting um, this week. Um, and I do think decorum has its place and, and it is required by the Brown Act. Um, but when I think it becomes a problem is when this idea of decorum is being used to silence a council member or put pressure on them 
not to speak. And in this case, that council member is Addison Winslow. And what do you think of uh, the uh, council's uh, vote pretty much to silence Addison this week? The problem, so the, the reason for a board is to have a what's called a discussion where people speak their views on particular issues. So when you have something that's extremely one-sided, and in this case, the, uh, the, the, the city, the Chico City Council's going towards uh, completely one-sided by muting Addison Winslow, there is no discussion, there's no discourse. And with that, you have a very one-sided um, vote on these policies, which nobody wants in a democracy. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's interesting, too, because while I understand that there was a rule that was not being followed, I find it interesting that Sean Morgan decided to bring it up in the way that he did instead of referencing it as a mistake that was made by um, and th that needed to be rectified. He brought it up as something that needed to be changed at the meeting when really what he was proposing was not so much a change, but adherence to the original rule. And while I understand that rules are important, um, the de facto effect of this decision is the silencing of Addison Winslow. Um, because as a minority on the city council, the only way that he could get something on the agenda so that the public can comment about it is by submitting these written requests. And also because he has really great new ideas, these written requests allow him the opportunity to really communicate with the other council members the context for his ideas. So without that, he's pretty much just afloat without, a, without anything. Like, what do you think? Uh, I was wondering if I, I'd like to make a comment on the whole um, obscurity. It's so hard to get this information on their website to watch these videos. Um, there's, I mean, just to find a video on a meeting is extremely convoluted. I'm fairly internet uh, literate, uh, computer literate, and I've been using computers for a long time. And it was really hard for me to find these discussions. And so how is it that the general public can easily find these topics that are being discussed and voted on that are going to affect their lives? What we should de what we really need to do is open this up in an easy to digest manner. Or maybe digest is the wrong word because we don't want to change anything. We don't want to try to influence um, any decisions by anybody. But what would be good is if it could be easily accessed. And what I mean, I mean, it can be argued that, yeah, it's easily accessed because it's, it is available. But for example, there's no, there's no live streaming YouTube. Um, everyone uses YouTube. Um, there's nothing like that. I do think you can watch the video live on the city council website, but there is something to be said for the fact that these meetings are not being uploaded to YouTube by the city council when most younger people are going to look for these meetings on YouTube. 
Um, there is a new YouTube channel that has been uploading um, these Ch Chico City Council meetings to YouTube, and I'm hoping that that continues to grow um, to make these meetings more accessible to the general public. Uh, what do you think about the large number of speakers who are speaking against Valley's Edge? I think it's something like 22 to 3 of the opposition. And yet the council is continuing to move forward with this development. It doesn't make any sense. And that just exposes like the... There, that there's something something wrong here the public input should be that it should be public input which could be used to base decisions or even take the public input and use it for discussion i noticed that one of the points i don't know if i'm remembering correctly but um it was said that they wanted to um, they didn't like Addison Winslow uh, posting um, these agendas in written form. So that way it's on the website. Because that way if it's on the website, people can read it and they'll have too many people coming in wasting time. But that's the whole point of these meetings is for the public to understand what's happening and for, the com and for them to come in and speak their piece. That way that there's input, there's public input. Wasting time doesn't make any sense. This is these people's jobs. This is what they do. Yeah, I fully agree. This idea that Addison Winslow is somehow wasting time by representing his district and speaking his piece is disturbing at best. Um, this idea that we are supposed to just like sit down and be quiet and let the quote unquote adults handle things is ridiculous and wrong, especially when we as the younger generation are the ones that are going to be inheriting their decisions. So ultimately it affects us the most. So this idea that Addison by speaking his concerns is somehow wasting the council's time is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so with regards to transgender rights issues going on with the school board right now um tuesday night was interesting or excuse me wednesday night was interesting <laughs> um some of our regular voices showed up to speak their piece on the issue again um essentially blasting the school board for following the law um and also acknowledging the massive outpouring of public opinion on the on the matter of um, allowing trans kids to keep privacy. Uh, what do you think about their little temper tantrum that they decided to throw at the school board meeting? It just shows that they're bitterly clinging to guns and religion. <laughs> uh, the thing is, too, like, I have no problem with, you know, reasonable gun use and religion. Um, 
that is sort of the smokescreen that these people are hiding behind to cloak their nefarious plans, essentially. Um, that some of these people like intentionally spread malicious lies uh, in public forums and contribute to the massive amount of disinformation that is out there. That's part of why we started this podcast is to try to call out some of those issues and also to add our input. We're not experts, but we are Chico locals and we've lived here for a really long time. So I think that our input matters. I think that Addison's input matters. Honestly, I think every council member should be speaking their piece and representing their districts. Um, the fact that Addison is the only one willing to make waves, I think, is a problem. Uh, it's one thing to, to you know, spew out facts and statistics um, that are supporting your argument when those facts and statistics are about that argument. Um, I have noticed that there is these... Uh, just completely um, out of context facts to prove a point that um, it's almost like when people uh, misrepresent Bible verses. They'll just they'll they'll cherry pick uh, certain things to prove something, and it's completely out of context. You know, if you read the verse before and the verse after, um, you'll get an idea or a picture of exactly what it's saying, which it sometimes is exactly the opposite of what people are trying to prove. Yeah, and more more than that, it's not even like the misrepresentation of information. It's straight up factual um, omissions, straight up lies, straight up this is what's happening when that is not what's happening. Um, and one thing that I found interesting too about the recent school board meetings is this intense propping up, I guess you would say, of Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, um, which is not written by a scientist, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, and is very, very uh, biased and doesn't present good evidence um, and ultimately creates more hate for trans people. Um, this idea of rapid onset gender dysphoria is ridiculous and has been disproven multiple times in multiple studies. Um, and so many people have brought that forward, this idea of rapid onset gender dysphoria um, as the reason why parents must be informed of their kid being trans. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? It's, um, I'm not sure if this is the right place to bring it up, but I will. Uh, during the whole... Um election fraud thing people saw these videos of like the the ballots that are being carried in with these um like push carts and they were saying look here's thousands and thousands and thousands of all of a sudden fake they call them fake uh you know votes uh, which is completely false that's just a normal you know they're pushing around everyone's votes um oh i forgot what i was gonna say that's okay all right let me think about it i can cut it Um, so when, when people saw that, the, the ones that believed in, in the big lie, um, they said, look, look, we have evidence. Look, look. And everyone's excited and they keep referring to that video and keep pointing to it. That's exactly what's happening with the Abigail Schreier book. Look, look, they, 
we have evidence and they're bringing in you know segments of it and and, and, and quoting it as as if it's scientific fact which it is not yeah and the the thing that i find interesting is that the opposition continued to say in their um addresses to the school board that uh they kept saying they were not transphobic they're not homophobic blah 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 but then why are you trying to prove that trans people don't exist or that it's somehow a disease that needs to be eradicated like you can code it all you want um a savvy viewer is gonna be able to figure out that you are in fact what you're saying you're not i think one of the arguments that um that what's a good word for it um that the people against transgender rights have as that it's not biblical it's it's not human nature that it is a, a like a burden on society that it's like the satanic thing or evil um which is really interesting because if you've ever met someone that is transgender they have this uh vibrancy to them they're very nice people they they have undergone extreme amounts of trauma to get where they are and they understand the value of life and and also they understand the value of their authenticity which is really important which a lot of people have lost um, or have never even found they're, they're falling into stereotypes they're falling into um like the crowd you know kind of like wearing this mask and acting like what they think they should be like uh that idea of that sociological uh idea of performing gender speaking of sociology and gender <laughs> what did you think about doug lamalfa's speech on april 5th where he said there's only two genders i think he was trying to make it sound like that it's a scientific fact that you're only born a boy or a girl um because there's what do you say there's only an x x and an x y or mm-hmm, yeah or something like that um but it's long since been scientifically proven that um that that's not the case yeah, essentially he was saying that intersex people don't exist and intersex i believe was recently added as an option for birth certificates instead of just boy or girl so the federal and, and state government literally recognize the fact that intersex people exist but our congressman who is supposed to be representing us apparently doesn't understand that um <laughs> and it, there's this idea that this is basic biology it's like yeah yeah honey it's basic biology generally speaking most people fall into these categories however there's a huge variation of other people who are not born in the clear with clear xx xy chromosomes and ultimately unless your chromosomes have been tested you don't even necessarily know if you're intersex or what your chromosomes are so <laughs> like and i'm not even like a biologist i just know this information because it's it's science like I, I haven't taken advanced biology, but I have taken, like, I guess you could say, like, basic intermediate biology. 
and I have learned this information and it is not hard to find. We live in the age of information. So it's like, if you're going to make an argument, at least base it on fact. You know, if someone has a child that presents as transgender, wouldn't one want to do everything to try to understand why or, or why it is? And if you love that child and they, and they love you as their parent, um, if there is any sort of maybe confusion or whatever, um, it's not even a big deal. Like, what's going to happen? They'll, they'll figure out later on down the road who they truly are. Um, if, if transgender is truly who they are, then you'll become understanding of it. So if you're going to do everything in your power to try to fight your own child who is trying to stand up for their rights, I think you would have to have a very cold black heart. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up. Uh, one of the things that uh, Nicole Nava said in that particular speech was she cited uh, um, something that a pediatrician uh, at Mount Sinai said about most people who are given, who have breast binders, then move on later to testosterone and uh, surgery to affirm their gender. She said this as if it's like some kind of contagion, um, which what I would suggest is rather than breast binders being some sort of gateway drug to transgenderism, I would suggest that perhaps people who are willing to wear a breast binder are actually men they're actually trans men and so when they get to that stage of wearing a binder which helps them feel more comfortable in their body and experience less gender dysphoria um like <laughs> like it, it's it it proves it proves my point you know that uh people with people who are seeking out this kind of gender affirming care in the form of a breast binder are people who are going there they know who they are their authenticity is there yeah, we don't have parents wrapping their children's breasts exactly <laughs> at least i hope not <sighs> uh, so i think we got through everything that i can think of oh oh one more thing Chico first published a video on YouTube that was almost a direct ripoff of our video on a similar topic. And what do you think about that? I think it's awesome because not only is it going to generate more traffic to a good cause, um, but it just shows the, the inadequacy of, the, of their intellect. <laughs> yeah. There I was... mean, it's poor, it's poor quality. <laughs> It was a it was a a crappy phone recording of a screen playing the video and uh, I tried watching it and I couldn't actually understand what the point was. It was something about um, Addison Wislow not doing the Pledge of Allegiance, but from what I gathered, because I couldn't hear it anyways, because the audio quality was so bad, it looks like he stood up and put his arm over his chest and was speaking the Pledge of Allegiance. So I don't know what the hell their point was. Yeah, that's, that's another good question. Um, this idea that somehow you have to recite the Pledge of Allegiance or you're not American enough. Like, what do you think about that? Now, that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> I agree. 
Because that, that was the thing that they were trying to stand on, is that Addison Winslow didn't recite the Pledge of Allegiance. It's almost like these people are trying to, like, refer back to the satanic you know, panic of the 80s and 90s. Like, yeah. look at these evil humans. You know, when I was a kid, um, my dad told me stories of the Red Scare, uh, which was, uh, you know, uh, I believe it was during, was it during the Cold War? It was after World War Two or during World War Two? The... America, it was after World War II. America was uh, really concerned with um, the Communist parties um, and being a, a, in a war state. And so we were afraid that they had, you know, like these sleeper agents everywhere. Um, people were going to come out of the blue and, and like and take over the government. And as a kid hearing that, I just thought that that was crazy. Like that actually happened. Like that's nuts. And I thought that people just completely over... Uh, dramatized and exaggerated exaggerated that and thought like how can you possibly believe that and how crazy is that um, and here this is exactly what we have here is like this uh, this great fear that these transgender people are gonna come in and you know take away our babies and take away our government and like make everybody something make everyone socialist or something like that I think there's also like a very sort of polarized idea of what socialism is, but that could be a whole other podcast too. Like people not understanding um, what socialism is and that... Right, socialism is not communism. There's completely no. different things. And the other thing about socialism is too is that there, there's different levels of socialism as well. Like there's Venezuela, but then there's like Canada and the UK. So like... <laughs> We already, as a society, have a mix of capitalism and socialism because, like, you don't have to directly pay the fire department as an individual if your house is on fire. That is socialism. And, like, yeah, so just the complete lack of understanding of what things are, how they work, um, and the boneheaded insistence on things remaining the same when you're not even going to be here most likely in 30 years and we are um this is why going to school is important folks and eat your vitamins <laughs> the other thing too with when it comes to school is lifelong learning is important school is not the only place where you can get an education or even where you should get an education if you're an adult and you're going to be talking about these issues you need to be actually learning about them on a deeper level and not just peddling your uh, peddling misinformation um is ultimately yes you can get a four-year education but that is not that shouldn't be the end of your education um and that that's kind of what we're seeing here is this they use a lot of coded wording to, you know, do what they do. Um, and that is what it is. But here at Wicked Grumpy Queer, we are intentionally going to call out the people who are doing the most damage and raise up the people who aren't. Oh, and there's one more thing I wanted to add. One of the three speakers at the city council meeting that spoke in favor of valley's edge was bill broward 
who is the developer of Valley's Edge. So just putting that out there for anyone who didn't know that. Interesting. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the end of our podcast. I hope that you found it informative and enjoyable. Um, go ahead and subscribe, rate, like, whatever, whatever uh, the particular app you're using calls for to say, hey, I want more of this content. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say? See you next week. All right. Thanks. Have a good evening or a good day. (laughs) Bye-bye.